Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Roll for Enterprise. As ever, this is Dominic with uh, Mike and Zach, and we're going to be talking through the news of the week around Enterprise IT. Um, this week, we wanted to get back to something we discussed before, but it seems time to get back to it. It's uh, work from home. So when we last discussed work from home, we're still kind of in the first flush of uh, the early lockdown. Can we even do this? Can working from home work at all? And for those of you who don't know, I've been working from home. I've been remote for, I don't even remember, decades plus. Uh, but I've been working from home, combining that with a fair amount of travel to offices and meeting up with people at events and generally interacting with people in that way. I was never stuck in my home office day after day after day for such a long time. And so that that's already one difference. And... As that started to settle in for me and for everyone else, that we're no longer in emergency sprint mode, but we're like, oh, this is a marathon. We have to plan this for the long term. I think there's some changes that are starting to come in, both in outlook and in policy and reaction. What are you guys seeing? Well, I think we're we're, we're settled in for the long term, right? I, there's there's no doubt about that. But I am seeing, uh, you know, some people heading back to the office uh, here and there. People are fed up with being home. Uh, those, of course, within commute. I'm seeing a bit of air travel start to pick up too, but it's 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 rare. I mean, it's only if if absolutely necessary. But I I think what I see in trends with like friends and and family is really people starting to spend money a bit on their their home office again just because they see this as a long haul, right? At, at some point in in 2021, potentially we'll be back in the office, but I am seeing like people starting to uh, furnish home offices a little differently. What about you, Zach? How, how do you, how do you see, it, uh, see it going there? Yeah, similar on the work front. Uh, some people are starting to travel to meet clients. I think though that on, uh, you know, as far as my team goes, for example, you know, everybody's, you know, adjusting. I think, I, I think that if we have to pivot back though, it'll be a much easier pivot back, but people are starting to get out and starting to travel a little bit, but same thing, you know, everybody's starting to focus still in their home office. I think we all know deep down or there's some hesitation, you know, if this will last, even some of the travel we see now. And then, you know, on the personal front, I'm in the same boat, you know, I'm, I'm uh, trying to, add on to uh, my house here. So I, I have a nice home office. I'm starting to think about that long term. So it kind of tells you where my, my mindset is. Um, but some of the challenges we're seeing, I'm curious what you guys are seeing is not, they're not challenges. I think we've addressed them is really, you know, how do you, you know, how does everybody, you know, stay focused, uh, organization, things like that. I think those are some of the things that I think we've become more efficient at. And um, so for me, it's really more not just necessarily the physical things in the home office, but, you know, tools like that, the outlier, things like that. I think also it's a bit, um, you know, efficiency versus effectiveness. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but yeah, what, what's, um, you know, how how effective are our, our teams uh, moving from home? I don't know if you see a difference there, but I, I think that's a bit kind of what you were alluding to, right, Zach? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think here it, it becomes... Um, it becomes challenging for for some teams, and I think it really depends on how long um, a team has been together. To be honest, so you know, I start to notice 
like if you have a good team cohesion and, and this team goes like from going in the office to, to working from home and now not, not seeing each other for a long period of time, it still works, right? People know each other, they can open up, they, they have the, the informal chats. I, I think it's a lot harder when you start to bring somebody into that team and do a hire for that person to kind of get integrated into, into those teams. Cause there, there still is hiring happening and, and those people are being integrated. Um, I, I don't know how, how well that's working. And I, I don't feel it's working well when I, yeah, when I speak to people at other businesses who have just kind of moved or not that, I, you know, it's, I, I think that has a long, um, a long-term play. I, I don't know if you guys have done any. Yeah. Or yeah, I agree entirely. Uh, so I, as I said, I used to travel a lot, so probably 50 plus percent of my time. So I was maintaining my social capital, my social network uh, all the time when I was traveling. And so being remote wasn't really a limitation for me um, because I had that to fall back on. And when we all went remote, we had that accumulated social capital, but we've been hiring. I just hired a guy, signed the contract yesterday. Um, and I'm starting to think very practically, you know, how am I going to make sure he's embedded in the team when he's not going to see any of us except through Zoom until, well, currently my employer's policy is end of July is our first possible return to office date. Uh, and so you have to be a little bit intentional about that sort of thing. Uh, tools like Slack and Zoom and whatnot help, but you have to use them consciously and in the right way and just be aware of that, be aware of time zones, be aware of people's lives that they have going on around all of that does this favor the young generation i mean they grew up with you know no real face-to-face uh you know uh at least my kids who are in college now or at least two out of the three are in college one has graduated but you know they grew up with you know texting asking people out over text communicating you know a little bit differently so does this favor them are we at at the beginning of a some sort of revolution of sorts in the in the workforce and we've talked you know about the three-day work week you know uh you know four or five six years ago all these things that were brought up um I just wonder, you know, they, they've sat in front of their video screens and communicated with people across the world, you know, at least, uh, again, at least one of my, my sons did, you know, constantly. And I just wonder, does this favor them? Is this just a cultural thing as well? Are you saying I have to get on TikTok, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> no, he would never say that. He would tell you not to download it. That's what he would do. No, Exactly no. <laughs> right. That's what I would say. Um, you know, does it favor the younger generation? You know, I want to say I think it depends on the job. Don't you? Don't you agree to that? I like some jobs, yes, but they they don't like to pick up the phone, right? And I think there's still quite a bit of like um, verbal communication that happens. Or am I wrong? What, what do you guys think there? So that's the that's precisely the question I have, and we have to be be intentional. So some changes I've seen uh, since you know February, uh, we tend to turn our cameras on a lot more. In Zoom calls, uh, we used to do conference calls, but most people's cameras were off. And I didn't mind that because I got my fix of FaceTime, like I said, and so I would pace around the room with my AirPods in and uh, do calls that way. And now, you know, we turn the cameras on because it's the only time you see someone's face. And it does, it does mean that you're stuck in front of the screen uh, potentially for hours and hours as you have back-to-back-to-back uh, Zoom calls. It's, it's a different thing, and I don't think that we have yet found a sustainable long-term setup that would be permanent. I think as soon as the offices reopen, we'll swing back. And maybe not swing all the way. Maybe this is certainly here in Italy, where there's been a lot of resistance to work from home as a permanent setup. 
this has forced a lot of people to reevaluate that. And lots of people are saying, hmm, actually, this isn't bad. But nobody's saying, I want to do this all the time. People are saying, oh, I might work from home one or two days a week, but I would still want to be in the office the rest of the time. I mean, is this is this a revolution? Though? Is this is Carlos Slim finally right on the three day work week? I mean, I hear people talk about, you know, you had uh, Jamie Dimon uh, this. I think it was this week. J.P. Morgan say people aren't productive. They have to come back in the office. And there was a big backlash on Twitter to saying, look, this is how can you say that? You know, you have to adjust, Mr. Diamond. You cannot tell your employees that they're dealing with homeschooling their kids. They got lifestyle changes. This is not traditional work from home. We have to have a new name right. for it. This is um whatever we want to call it. And I'm tired of people saying, well, I've been working from home for 10 years. That doesn't matter. I don't care. No, this, this is, is not working from home. This is Exactly. Different. Exactly. This, is, and- this last month maybe has been the first time it's been more like my usual routine work from home because my kids have been in school. So I've actually been able to work from home. When I was trying to do this in like March, April, May, and my kids were underfoot. That came out wrong. I love my kids. But, you know, I had to... Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I had to, I had to deal with the homeschooling and setting this up and setting that up. And uh, there's always someone around. So you work in fits and snatches in between other things. And then there's just the the pressure of, of the news and everything that was happening. And back in the spring, it was bad around here. There was, uh, you know, just existential angst. And it's not work from home as it would have been in non-pandemic times. I, I, I agree. Look, it's it's work. I mean, it doesn't matter where it happens and it doesn't matter the times. I, I think this like three three day work week or four day work week, whatever some company, I think, you know, for there, there's different types of jobs and, and for an office worker, a knowledge worker, you know, like, like, like we're in, I, I I don't know that that really matters. I mean, you're going to do work when you get it and you're going to do work when you when you have time. And if that means like you need to take like uh, an hour on a Wednesday to do, you know, ABC, I, I think you take it right. And then you make up for it maybe on the weekend, maybe whenever. I mean, you always have your phone in hand. You're always answering emails. You're always um, looking at what's happening. I mean, you're you're pretty much working all the time, but maybe not as intently as as during the week. So, you know, I don't I, I don't like this like three day work week, four day work week. Like, OK, maybe you you have a day where you you, you kind of like you're a bit more lax, but you're always pretty much on, isn't it? So I, I think our definition of work from a fundamental change is changing because employers used to believe, hey, you're going to sit at a desk in an office and you're going to work this, these eight hours and this is what... You know, Just what because the manager yeah. is sitting at his desk at the back of the room keeping an eye on you. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. Exactly. And to all these people who say that, yeah, you know, people are, are not working at home, you know, the stats show different. I mean, if you look at your internal uh, communication tools, I, I think that the, st- the numbers are still up. The number and and we see it too internally. Yeah, there's a dip in summer when people are on vacation, but now they're coming all back up. So, you know, as you do your capacity management, it's like, hey, nothing has really changed. Just that it's you know, they're the endpoint is now at home instead of in in the office, right? So it, it's it, it hasn't it hasn't gone down. I I, I don't I don't really uh, buy that for for one minute. But work has changed. The the definition of work, I think, has changed. So do you hear that, Jason Freed? Come on the show. Mike agrees <laughs> with you. These work days have to change. Yeah, you know, 
it, but uh, you know, I agree and I disagree a little bit. I think um, because we're who we are. I mean, we're brought up in a different generation. I'm not saying maybe not a three day work week, but something has to give. I think we all agree that this eight to five is going to go out the window. This has been around for for how long? It's kind of like daylight savings time. You know, we just do it because we do it. We're just robots. Well, we need to do eight to five, and you know, do we? I don't know. Maybe not. You know, maybe today I work two hours. Maybe I work ten hours tomorrow. But if something doesn't change, there will be a lot of uh, inefficiencies going on in the workplace. I mean, this this is going to start to catch up to people. I predict that when we get to twelve months, we get to Mar- at least in the U.S. we get to March, and we're everybody's still working from home like they think they will be. Things are going to happen. People are going to get to a point where, you know, because everybody's starting to burn out. Everyone that I spoke to has said, I am working 10 hour days, 12 hour days. Uh, you know, I can't escape it. You know, and I, I'm just working harder than I did when I was in the office. So I, I don't know. M- maybe it is something different, but it has to change. I, I think those people who say they're working harder than when they were in the office, it's like a subconscious thing. They feel like they're their value is not there. Right. So they they it's it's almost coming from a place of insecurity. Um, I think think there's also, uh, because you miss on a lot of the in-between moments. So when I'm working at home, one of the load factors is some context switching a lot. Uh, So I go quickly from one thing to another uh, at the, the drop of a penny. There's no time when you walk from one meeting room to another and chat and catch up. Uh, it's always bang, 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 bang. And when you do take a moment out, uh, it's often to do, you know, to clean the dishes or whatever. It's, it's not actual downtime. And everyone is uh, saying that their podcast listening time, topically, uh, has uh, is down because we don't have commutes. We don't spend time in aeroplanes and airports. And it's... I think it's those down moments that that we lose. So working from home is more productive just inherently, even in normal times, because you don't have lost time, commuting, sitting in traffic, whatever. But you also don't have the the mental expansions, uh, the, the, the moments when you have time to think, to read, to consume information. And we have to figure out a way to, to balance that. That's uh, one of the things that I think is missing still from the conversation. The way people plan their day is 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 changing. I you, you know to to that point, Dominic. I think what what I tend to do is especially one on ones or, or yeah some team meetings. I tend to take some time at the beginning just to informally chat with with people and with teams, and at the end as well, just just to know what's what's happening. Because you're right. It I, I think people default to uh, it's going to be all business now. Um, the other thing that maybe we're not talking about that maybe we should be is company culture is starting to get affected by it, I mm-hmm. I, I believe. So mm-hmm. some companies, their culture is starting to to shape. And I, and I think, you know, you listen to some CEOs talk and you can hear that there's some concern about that that culture kind of being uh, reshaped because of, of all of this. And, and you know, you, you mentioned Jamie Dimon. I'm, I'm sure that's why he wants people back into the office because it's like, you know, it's hard to have a pulse on your organization when everybody's home. That That's the feeling uh, I, I take away from that. Yeah, no pub lunch, no after work drinks. <laughs> well, I don't I don't want to give Jamie Dimon a, a free pass on this. No, he said that he believes I think Mondays and Fridays he sees the dip in uh, productivity. But that, that's, you know, I, I 
how do you get those numbers? How, you know, how is he measuring those? Who knows? I'm not sure. But uh, and now he's trying to say that and he's probably right to an extent that we're going to create more deaths and depression overdoses uh, if we're not carefully managing these things. So I, I don't disagree with that. But something has to give. My point is, if we get to 12 months, this is going to continue. I think it's only going to get worse. Something is going to break in very soon, I think, with this whole work from home. It just it just has to. It's just a different. Not everybody is made for that, just like not everybody's made to travel. So the three of us are are kind of similar. I, I'm with you. I like to travel, Dominic. I uh, maybe not, you know, 100 percent or 75, but, you know, I'll do 50. I'll do, you know, 40, 50 percent travel. It's good. I like to get out, but not everybody likes that. But the culture aspect is unique. I like that, Mike. I think you're onto something. You're right. The culture of these companies. And let's talk about AWS. As much as I give them grief, I'm going to give them a pat in the back. They tell all their employees to get up, leave the desk, leave the house, spend time with your family, get outside, ride your bike. You know, more companies need to start thinking like that because is that a competitive advantage? I mean, if company, if their employees are happy and their companies are promoting that, I think that's an advantage, right? Yeah, if your employees don't burn out, well, that's going to help mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is a definite advantage. I mean, we talk at home family-wise about uh, the upcoming dark winter. I mean, look, mm-hmm. it's going to be a long winter. It's, I mean, if you think anything's going to change during winter, I, I, I don't believe so. Um, you know, time change, young kids, you know, how, how do you manage all this? And, you know, your, your daylight is, is going to end up being limited. You're, so, I, you know, we're starting to think about how we're going to handle winter. And I think everybody else needs to, you know, it's one thing to have a family, but then, you know, you, you might have coworkers who are uh, single living alone. Like that, that's a really kind of uh, a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, right. The mental health. And, and I think companies need to be aware. Companies need to have uh, programs to help here. And I think managers need to be aware too, of where their employees, um, you know, how they're feeling, how they're doing um, just so you can be proactive in these scenarios. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think that's it. You have to be very intentional uh, about this sort of thing, which is why I find it very worrying that there's this uh, separate strand within the conversation. Uh, So people were saying at the beginning, oh, I'm going to leave the city, I'm going to go off to the country somewhere and take advantage of uh, the better air, the the outdoors so I can exercise without having to go into a gym, which I can't do right now, etc, etc. And then companies turning around and saying, well, in that case, I'm going to cut your pay because your pay was predicated on you being in these very expensive cities and these very expensive locations. So I could not disagree more with that. I mean, that if, uh, if someone is worth that amount of money, they're worth that amount of money. If a local market has got distorted for whatever reason, like the Bay Area, et cetera, then okay, but... That is the situation that uh, that exists. If someone moves to Idaho, then th- what are you not going to hire people there? Or are you going to hire people there? It's it seems a very slippery slope argument, which ends with a race to the bottom. From a U.S. perspective, I think this this whole like notion of uh, pay and where you where you are, I, I think it's like a two city problem. And those two cities, I would say, are. San Francisco and surrounding areas, and New York and surrounding areas. Right, Zach, you're, you're Seattle as well to some extent. But yeah, yeah, Seattle to some extent, but Seattle's driven by competition. I think not. Yeah, okay, it could be either way. Zach, what are your feelings here? Because you're you're stateside as well, right? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's kind of like the military. you got a cost of living allowance. If I live in San Francisco, I'm going to get extra money from the government because it's more expensive to live there. And if I'm not, I'm not. But there is a base. Um, so I- I'm on the fence on this one. I do think that this could this is a slippery slope, Dominic, because companies now could have an excuse to cut pay a little bit more than they should. So, you know, I'm, you know, uh, I'm a little concerned about that. So how do you how does that play out? I don't know. And um, that's yeah. what I worry about. So the reason I worry about it very selfishly is I'm a remote employee. I'm off in a provincial city which doesn't have uh, a tech ecosystem that would support my job, quite frankly, uh, if I had to, to find a job locally. But on the other hand, that was a choice that I made. And the people who stayed in London, my peers who stayed in London, they uh, arguably had uh, a benefit in terms of career acceleration because there's more of an ecosystem in London, let alone if you go to the Bay Area or somewhere like that. And that's one of the trade-offs that people made. They don't just live in the Bay Area because it's pretty. Uh, They live in the Bay Area because there are a ton of jobs and you can walk out of one job uh, on Friday afternoon and by Monday morning you're starting somewhere else and probably with a promotion. And so there's a whole lot of factors that go into this and the people who are simplifying it and saying, oh, but, you know, Bay Area rents are eight times Idaho rents, and therefore I'm going to pay you less. And they're either deliberately obscuring that in the case of some employers, I suspect that may be the case, or they're just not considering all of the factors correctly. I, I believe, like, the Bay Area is a problem. I mean, I think companies who are based there have, have a problem and employees who are based there have a problem. Because as we start to look at recruiting and, and companies are are recruiting, I mean, your location doesn't matter to them anymore. I mean, that's one of the things that I think has, has right, changed. Right, but we still world. end up hiring Bay Area people, not for everything, but a lot, because there's such an ecosystem, there's such a, a you know, positive cycle going on there. I, I really believe it's because companies still have this assumption that people in the Bay Area would work harder, they understand. But I think there's good people everywhere, right? Maybe not in a, as an abundance as in the Bay Area, potentially for, for tech companies or uh, so on. And, and it, it's mainly a tech thing, right? So, so but if they, if they reach out and they start to expand searches to other places, they will find talent in other places. And potentially a different mindset of talent. You bring in diversity of thought, uh, div- you know, diversity yeah. of people. You, you get really different perspectives. I, I think, and this is probably what worries the Bay Area more than anything else, if if you ask me. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, so I'm, I don't want to argue against my own benefits, uh, my own interests. I, I think that remote employees from other parts of the world are very valuable precisely because they bring that different perspective. Uh, and maybe you do make a slight cost of living adjustment, but the the conversation I've heard is not about slight adjustments. It's about very large uh, adjustments. And you see that with uh, uh, some of the news around Chef, where, and this is not entirely confirmed, but what seems to be happening is that many seasoned long-time employees are being let go and replaced with uh, new cheap employees in Eastern European locations and that's the sort of uh, short-sighted thinking that uh, that I don't think works. We could have a whole episode on labor arbitrage. I I think it's a bit of um, it's a bit short-sighted when you when you start to think of it that way. Zach, you were going to say something. Sorry. Yeah. No. 
No, this is a great point. I was thinking about this, Dominic, right before you were talking about that is, you know, there's also a geopolitical aspect to all this. And we're we're fools to think these companies won't take advantage of it or try to. So now working from home, you know, people, uh, employees, I mean, are they willing to leave the Bay Area? Maybe they want to leave the country. Maybe they want to move out to somewhere in the Caribbean. Who knows? But companies. Did you see St. Lucia was offering visas for people willing to work from St. Lucia during lockdown? Hmm. No, but it doesn't surprise me. And I, I don't want to say too much about it. Let's just say that I know organizations for a fact are hiring employees, you know, in, in these countries that are in uh, Eastern Europe, right? Not just Western, but Eastern Europe and in other parts of the world. And I think it's uh, it's interesting. So is this a way around, um, you know, you know, a visa issue and things like that. I don't know, but I bet you organizations are looking into this. If they can find a way to cut that corner, they will. I, you know, one of the other things is like looking for international positions. I think even there, people are starting to to stretch into like different countries. And let's say you need to hire in the UK, potentially hire in the US if you have somebody there and ask them to work shifted hours. I'm hearing some companies doing that uh, rather than relocate people now during, um, um, during COVID, but yeah, I, I don't know that that's really a sustainable long-term. So it, it wouldn't surprise me that, uh, that companies are, are, are doing this. How sustainable is it? How does it impact your culture going back to it? There's so many different aspects to it, uh, to it here. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, the other thing is it's can also work in the other direction. Uh, so, for instance, well, I mentioned Eastern Europe earlier, but there are places like Prague where there genuinely is a homegrown tech ecosystem and a lot of companies' back offices and now a startup scene. And so you, you absolutely could uh, do very well hiring people from there. Uh, but don't make it a situation where, oh, you you moved out of Prague and into the Czech countryside, and now we're going to cut your wages compared to the guy who's still in Prague downtown. It's uh, it's all a bit of a mess. Anyway, I'm sure this one could run and run. So let's keep an eye on it. I've been noodling on a blog post, but because of, as we were saying, back to back to back Zoom calls, it hasn't been written yet. But once I do get around to writing it, I'll link it back to, to this episode as well. But uh, if we switch gears for a moment, Zach, you shared some, uh, some rumors from uh, Cisco about uh, some changes that they're making to their strategy. You know Cisco better than any of us. Why don't you explain? Well, I, I don't want to... <laughs> I want to be careful commenting on rumors and, and things like that. But um, yeah, I think... I mean, let's just talk a little bit broader. I think they, they have to pivot. They are facing a lot of lot of issues right now. Um, they're not alone. There are other, other companies. Uh, Mike, you can talk about Intel and what they're going through. They reported earnings last night. I think, you know, it's... Uh, it's an interesting time for Cisco. They're um, I want to be careful what I say here, but you know they're they're going through a lot of change. Uh, I, I don't want to pass the buck off to you, Mike, but I, I'm going to to kind of get your broader uh, picture or uh, let you talk about this on a broader scale, real quick. You know, if I so let me zoom out here and, and look at overall trends, right? And I think hardware companies are are in trouble. Uh, anybody and I and I don't think it's only like hey, I make hardware. I think it's like Hey, I am classified as a hardware company. So if you look at like the old players, the HPs, the IBMs, right? IBM shaping off hardware. 
There are a few. Yeah, which HP? <laughs> yeah, there's a few of them, and and they're trying to like reinvent themselves. You know, Intel, they're a hardware company, and I think I, I forget. I, I guess it was you. I was talking to Zach, and we spoke about yeah, but Nvidia is a chip company. Yeah, but Nvidia is seen as an AI company. That's software. You know, Intel seen as a strictly chip company. I think they're going through issues, and Cisco is seen as a hardware company. I mean, I think they had their chance to b- break through, and you know, anything they've done in the cloud has not really kind of stuck. So they have a, a an issue, and and let's face it, like me as a buyer, I do not really have a relationship with Cisco because I need to buy through some other partner. To to the reseller. That, yeah, so that and that reseller, let's face it, that reseller sees it too. So they're shifting to like managed services. So I'm having a completely different conversation with that reseller. And that reseller is not going to start talking to me about Cisco gear that I need. Why? Why would he why would he do that? That's that's a, just like just like a box. It's like every, you know, hardware is so commoditized that it's commodity. And and Cisco, unfortunately, I don't see them having made changes enough that they are kind of a value player in uh, in any conversation we want to have these days. Uh, even UC and CC, they've kind of lost a, a, a lot of it. I mean, again, this is like kind of my opinion, but this is the way I see it, right? So. They're a hardware company. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but they are hardware. They're they're box movers and and they make things. They're they're not so much of a of a software company. And and I know people agree uh, disagree with me, but if you look at the connotation, how the world sees them at the bigger picture, that's that's really what it is. But I think also in terms of the revenue contribution, the different lines make, and being a channel oriented company makes sense when it's hardware because that way you have the value added reseller, the VAR, is adding value by being present, by being the boots on the ground to help with setup and whatnot. When it comes to software, it, the that mechanism is completely reversed and the VAR is actually getting in the way uh, of getting things done with the software very often. There's going to have to be a big transformation at Cisco. And I think that's like a, a long drawn out transformation. Uh, it, it's it's going to be really tough. It's going to be painful. It, potentially they come out of it okay, or potentially they become an IBM. Hopefully they become a Dell and not an IBM, but that's <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah. How how you how you would see it, right? There's there there there's a lot uh, there's a lot of problems right now. I think at Cisco too. You know they're they're not even to my in my opinion an IBM. You know, that's the thing at Cisco. Oh, we're the next IBM. I, I don't know. Are they the next IBM or are they the next Nortel? Everybody says, well, no. They have a lot of cash in the bank. Well, the cash is going fast. You know, when you bring the cash back and you buy back stock and you make some wrong decisions, uh, does the cash does it last as long? I mean, you know, so. Everybody says, yeah, but this, but that. Everything's on the table with Cisco. Everything. I mean, their future is cloudy. And I I do say that tongue in cheek. Their future is very (laughs) cloudy. Can they pivot? Will they pivot? They've had chances to pivot and they've missed those pivots. So if you keep missing the pivots, it catches up to you one way or another. You don't get out of this unscathed. You're going to come out of this with scratches. It just depends. Are those scratches deep? And where are they? And will you bleed out? Uh, I you know, I believe firmly that, you know, they're now sitting in a bunch of commodity business, whereas five years ago, it wasn't a commodity business. They were able to differentiate. Well, but now with the cloud and the abstraction going on, it's a commodity. So now they're trying to charge, you know, prices that, you know, rates that were pre-commodity and they're trying to find ways to say they're they're doing it and they're, they're special. And look, I, I, I'm not trying to um, come off as though, well, you know, he just, he doesn't work there anymore. He's being this, he's being that. Just look at the numbers, look at the earnings, you know, decelerating revenues. I mean, just look at all the decisions that are made. You don't have to listen to me. The numbers don't lie. So I, I think they're, uh, you know, I, I think they've got a, They've already made decisions. I think they have to figure out if those are the right decisions. 
Yeah, and the role of the channel is changing as well, as we were talking about with uh, John Hanlon from Presidio last week. It's uh, just a different engagement model these days. Intel, by the way, same, you know, as you spoke, uh, Zach, it, it's so so many comparisons to Intel in terms of like they missed the mobile trend. Um, you know, AMD, I think, beat them on low power. Um, so, yeah, Intel's missed a couple of trends and yeah, really hard to, to catch up once you miss it. And um, then you have some some young startups that are just, you know, ready to eat your lunch on some of these things. So that's where we are. That's where we are. So let's see. Let's see how they come out. Yeah, let's see how it plays out. Uh, so closing out, just a couple of things. I mentioned I'm hiring somebody and I, I may regret my decision. He wanted a PC instead of a Mac. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, We can have a whole episode on Microsoft, by the way, because, you know, we, we should. We, we, oh, that you would know, be, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, let's not knock the PC. Yeah. But it was it was just interesting to me that a few years ago, I did the bring your own device thing or spend your own money, as it should more accurately have been called, to bring a Mac into a PC-centric company. And they were like, oh, but you're on your own if it breaks. Uh, okay, fine, I can deal with that. Uh, and now that I got the exact same message, but in the opposite. Oh, you can get your new hire a PC, but just so you know, they're on their own if it breaks. Uh, Macs are the default here. We only deal with Macs. <laughs> I, I love that reversal. So yeah, different, different worlds. With that, uh, I think we can close this out and get on with our days. Uh, good discussion. I think we can return to that, especially the sales side. We've got a guest lined up in a couple of weeks. Uh, we can talk sales culture with. So tune in for that one. More news on it as uh, we get closer to the date. But in the meantime, thanks to you two gentlemen for the conversation as ever. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you, Zach. And thank you to our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Now, listeners can find us on Twitter at Roll4Number4Enterprise uh, or on LinkedIn. There's a Roll4Enterprise page there, too. Do share your comments, suggestions for topics or for future guests. Uh, we love having guests on the show. We've got uh, several already in the schedule, but we always like hearing new opinions and new takes. Mm -hmm.